Hello and welcome to the Dad Whisper. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Watson, author of Dad, Here's What I Really Need From You, a guide for connecting with your daughter's heart. And in keeping with my passion to help dads become heroes, it's my joy each week to bring you current, relevant topics that support that goal, especially when it comes to the dad-daughter relationship. Well, remember that you can always go to my website at drmichellewatson.com, where I have resources for you to put your love for your daughters into action. And as usual, today again, I will be using the template of On Your Mark, Get Set, Go, where On Your Mark is the starting point for the conversation, Get Set gives you stories and stats that make that topic make sense to you in a deeper and fuller way, and then Go is your practical action step where you can put your love for your daughter and your sons into action this week. Well, today on the Dad Whisperer, I have some things pressing on my heart that I want to share with you. And to be honest, I've wrestled about whether or not to open up about all of this. But I feel right about it in my spirit, and I believe that the time is now for you to know me more and to hear me share more of my story of hope and restoration. I also want you to know that whenever I have chosen to share my testimony with people— Whether privately or publicly, my desire has always been to exalt the healer, which is Jesus, and not the story. Now, I know that some of you listening may not necessarily be on that same page about seeing how Jesus can heal trauma, and yet I'm not trying to force anything on you. I'm simply sharing my story while honoring where you're at in your own process, because I know that God is exalted in our stories of redemption, so the stories need to be told. I mean, that reminds me of my mom's favorite verse, Psalm 107, verse 1. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. The motivation for my self-disclosure today comes from the very public testimonies of 165 women last month in a courtroom in Lansing, Michigan, that was televised nationally and lasted for a full seven days against their sexual abuser, Dr. Larry Nasser the former Michigan State Olympic and USA Gymnastics doctor who had treated them all for years. And I hadn't intended to watch any of it, but on the last morning of testimonies, I happened to see a live stream on my phone, and I was riveted. I was moved, and I was inspired. And that is why today for On Your Mark, I'm titling this, Dads, It's Time to Start a Movement Against Sexual Harassment. As a result of all that I saw, all that happened nationally in response to the collective voices of female victims who came together in solidarity to expose that man, Dr. Larry Nasser, all the while hearing that each one of them was finally believed and finally honored, some of them having reported this over 20 years ago, I was blown away by not only watching that experience in their lives, but hearing a female judge who was powerful in the way that she supported them in having their voice. And I begin to sense in my spirit that something powerful is, is beginning to awaken in our country when it comes to sexual assault against women. For too many years, there has been the belief that women are simply reading into things that men do, or I've even heard it said, oh, boys will be boys, men will be men, and on it goes. Yet things have been changing over this past year with the Me Too movement. I'm sure you've heard of it. And especially last month, as the light was turned on this sex offender, Dr. Nasser, where experts, especially those in places of leadership where they should have been protecting children or listening to what was being said, finally are re-examining protocols, even over the last 20 years, while looking again at all the complaints that 
before now were dismissed or ignored or overlooked, especially against this man. And I believe that's bearing dividends on all of our nation's protocol when it comes to listening to the voices of women when it comes to sexual abuse. And I know this also involves men, so I'm not excluding you. But because my goal is to equip dads of daughters, especially to dial into the hearts of their girls, this is imperative that we have this conversation today. And I know it's with this 2020 hindsight as a result of this national case that a new era is emerging where women are no longer being told that it's their fault or their problem or that they need to give men the benefit of the doubt, especially when they're exploited sexually. And as we combine the impact of this trial with the subsequent sentencing of Dr. Nasser, I'm sure you saw that, 175 years in prison added to the 60 that were already given for possession of child porn. And I've even read that some say the fallout is just beginning. I can assure you that this new era of openness and listening and believing women is here. This is why I'm addressing this today, because these issues, dads, impact your daughters, and therefore it impacts you as their fathers. We live in a sexualized culture that daily influences the way your daughters are growing up, as well as how they're being treated by men and how they're being shaped when it comes to what they believe their role is as women in our culture. What I've discovered about myself as a result of watching all of this unfold this past month is that something powerful began to awaken in me as a result of seeing the courage of these women who push past their fears and their shame to tell their stories publicly. And it's launched in me a passionate drive, and I sense that I need to speak up and speak out today, and I want to share with you why this story has impacted me so deeply. And then... I want to call you as fathers to action on behalf of your daughters. I know this is heavy content, but it has to be addressed, especially by those of us who call ourselves Jesus followers. There is no way that Jesus treated women as sexual objects. And if you are a dad who claims to know Christ, you have an opportunity to live as Jesus lived when it comes to standing in integrity regarding these issues. As the church, we can no longer turn a blind eye to these difficult topics. So as I ask you as dads to enter into this conversation with me out of love for your daughters, I want to repeat again what title I'm giving today's conversation. Dads, it's time to start a movement against sexual assault. You know, it was a couple of years ago that I had a conversation with a dad who had just read my book. And I remember him saying that as he read my words, he kept wondering if there was more to my story. Then he got to page 206, where I briefly talk about my wounds from my grandfather, and it was then that he said I made more sense. He had wondered where I'd got my passion for fathers of daughters, and hearing my backstory gave him a bit more context. To be honest, I didn't think it was all that important for dads to know much about my sexual abuse history from my maternal grandfather and others. Yes, there are others. But in my mind, it seemed unnecessary to include more than a small section about it in my book, since the focus is on equipping dads to dial into their daughters' hearts. But today, and over this past month, I've been rethinking that decision. Maybe you do want to hear my story, and maybe you do need to hear my story. And maybe my honesty will give you a window into what sexual assault does to women, So I am here today emboldened to ask you as dads to enter into this conversation with me because sadly, many of your daughters share in this same reality because they too have been violated. 
In fact, I just listened to a powerful speech by a singer-songwriter named Halsey, who shared these words at the Women's March in New York City just a month ago. She said, it's 2018, and I've realized nobody is safe as long as she is alive. And every friend I know has a story like mine. And the world tells me that we should take it as a compliment. Dads, the truth is that sexual assault is an epidemic. And hard as it may be to hear, your daughters are being exploited and abused, violated and raped. And it's time to make your voices heard to defend them, protect them, support them, and believe them. Even more, we need you, we need you men, you fathers, to challenge the other men in your tribe while leading the way and saying, this has to stop. Last month, when all of this was on the news, I was transfixed as a woman I had never heard of until I happened upon her telling her testimony. Her name is Rachel Den Hollander, and I began to learn that she was the first woman to blow the whistle on Dr. Larry Nasser. And here she was in the courtroom, boldly raising her voice to confront her abuser, all the while talking about accountability and repentance, forgiveness, talking to him about living or not living by what the Bible says, the Bible he'd carried in his hands. And I literally had tears streaming down my cheeks because I could relate to her story. And I imagined myself standing next to her as she gave her testimony. I loved her courage and her clear stance on the truth of what was done to her that was coupled with the truth of who she knew God to be. She felt like my kindred spirit. You see, I remembered back to when I was in my 20s, and I had all the earmarks of someone who had sexual abuse, but I had masterfully learned to stuff it down and cover it well, even though it was seeping out my pores. The truth is that it was also in the 80s, and this wasn't talked about much then. In fact, I still remember a conversation that I had, I think it was about 1983 or 84, when Dr. Pamela Reeves was speaking at an event, and she was the dean at the then-named Multnomah School of the Bible, which, by the way, I graduated from there and have a degree in biblical education from there. And she leaned in and she said to me, I'll never forget her words, sexual abuse is starting to come out of the woodwork. And here we are, 35 years later, and all we can say is that Dr. Reeves would have had no idea at the time that we would be seeing what we are today, where sexual violence is a global pandemic. In fact, just this week, I was talking with my mentor of almost 17 years, Dr. Jim Friesen, who's a clinical psychologist and a licensed minister, and he said to me that he believes one-third to one-half of all women have been abused. Then he went on to say that that means that any pastor in a church who is talking to his congregation needs to have a framework of realizing that at least half of his population is coming from that place, that background, and it is shaping how they're hearing what is being taught. Now, let me go back to Dr. Larry Nasser and his trial. When I heard Rachel Den Hollander speak a month ago, mind you, again, she started this, even saying she's lost friends in her church because of coming forward. And I saw her stand there confidently confronting her abuser, donned with gentle strength and confident wisdom and a solid conviction. I was so moved by what I heard that there was like this fire in me, and I was compelled. I literally, within the next hour or two, wrote something on Facebook that I posted on social media. I would tell you, honestly, it's the most raw and real thing I've ever posted. 
And I was afraid. I thought, I wonder how people will respond. But I I didn't let that stand in the way of knowing that I was compelled. I felt by the Spirit to be more bold, to name my offender, to say how God has met me in this, and to challenge fathers. And do you know what happened as a result of my sharing that? Men and women wrote to thank me. Some shared it with their friends. Some shared their story with me. And I'm not saying this to exalt myself for being courageous. I'm simply saying that we need people, we need women who are taking off their masks and saying, here's my story. I can only pray that as a result of my sharing my story with you today, dads, that it will lead you to have a more open conversation with your daughters. Here's what I shared on social media. As a survivor of sexual abuse and assault by my maternal grandfather and others, I remember all the years where, like Rachel, I lived in my own private hell where the things done to me kept me from living and enjoying my life. I remember being too afraid to tell my story because I didn't think anyone would believe me. To be honest, I only started having more of a voice publicly about five years ago when I was asked by my mentor of 15 years at the time to share my story at a conference in Seattle. I shook like a leaf and cried my way through the entire disclosure, but at the end of my piece, I pounded my fist in the air and declared that I am a survivor, not a victim. The audience cried with me and applauded while giving me a sacred gift. Something broke free in me that day, and I am forever grateful. I believe that every woman who courageously stood up and used her voice this week against their abuser, Dr. Nasser, is experiencing what I did five years ago. Rachel Den Hollander said that she became an attorney to stand up for victims of sexual assault, but added that once her story became public a few months ago, many people chose to actually discredit her work because they believed that she was biased now. I have often worried about that exact same thing, fearing that if people knew I was a survivor of sexual abuse, that somehow my credibility would be questioned, whether regarding my motives for doing the counseling work I'm privileged to do, as I'm entrusted every single day with survivor stories, or that my opinion would be discounted because I would be seen as responding only from a subjective position, rather than being given respect for knowing about the very subject for which I speak. I remember the years, most of my first 40 years actually, where I had high constant levels of anxiety, fear, depression that limited me from doing a lot of things. There were times of not wanting to be alive, extreme body image issues and self-loathing, an eating disorder through most of my 20s and on it goes, you get the picture. These realities were a result of my abuse, abuse that touched every part of me. So to hear Rachel stand up and address her abuser head-on made me think about the time in my own journey where I wished I could have confronted my grandfather, but he was dead by that point. So I wrote a letter in my journal that I pretended was going to be printed in the Granite Falls Times. I wanted everyone to know that the man they saw as a positive contributing member of their community, as a Bible teacher, a radio host, a man of the cloth, a school board member, and a farmer, was also indeed a pedophile and a sexual offender. I chose to forgive him then and release my anger to God. That decision has held, and I do not hold unforgiveness or bitterness toward him or any of my abusers. As a result, Jesus has met me in my process, and I have been released from my attachment to abuse. My abuse no longer defines who I am. So today, when Rachel finished her testimony, I love the fact that Judge Rosemary Aguilina highlighted 
the fact that she was the first woman to come forward and lead with courage. She then added that Rachel was a five-star general in this battle and the strongest person who has ever been in my courtroom. I pray that today is a turning point in our nation's history where those who are victims of sexual assault will no longer be silenced, but will be believed and honored for their strength and courage. I pray that today is a turning point in our nation's history to stop sexual predators like my grandfather, no matter what rank they hold in our society. Like Michigan Assistant Attorney General Angela Povolitis said last month in her closing arguments against Dr. Larry Nasser, we have seen how one voice can start a movement. To this I say, let today be the start of a movement where women's voices are heard and where we no longer hold the secrets of evil that has been done to us. We are more than that. Let today be the start of women coming together to stand united in supporting each other to embrace the truth of who we are in God's eyes. Let today be the start of a new era where as empowered women we use our voices to stand up for the rights of those who have no voice, where we love well and love big, which is the best way we can turn the tables on that which has sought to destroy us. Let today be the start of a movement. And now I implore you as fathers to join this movement. So that, dads, is the end of what I wrote on Facebook just last month. Yes, I know it's intense. And yet, as I said earlier, I believe now is the time for us to talk openly about these things so that you as fathers know that you are being called to action because we as your daughters need you to fight for us. And I trust that you know me well enough by now to know why I'm passionate about this topic. Yes, in part it's due to my own sexual abuse history, but it's also tied to the stories that I've heard from women, not only that I've mentored, this goes back to when I was 19, so again, over almost four decades, but even those women in my counseling office over the past 20 plus years where these stories of sexual abuse, harassment, exploitation, all those kind of themes emerge often, as I'm sure you're not surprised. So that's why I'm coming to you as fathers, asking for your support. Now, I recently heard someone say that Satan knows that if someone experiences just a few minutes of sexual abuse, he has them for a lifetime. If you have been abused or you know someone who has been abused, you know this is true. In other words, sexual abuse in any form, whether it's harassment, exploitation, assault, or abuse is one of the most powerful tools the enemy has to steal, kill, destroy, and devour us because the deep-seated beliefs of being worthless, being trash, I mean, that was one of my beliefs, that we are then deserving of mistreatment, and for some reason, we keep being drawn to people that reinforce those lies. It's crazy how that happens. So here's what I know now that I didn't know then. The seed of abuse that was planted from my grandfather and others was later watered, I guess you could say, by the guy I dated who reinforced the lies that had been sown into my life at an early age. I already hated myself, and he seemed to know just how to partner with those realities, and he fanned that hatred, that self-hatred, into flame. He knew how to keep me living as a victim instead of a victor. So this is what I mean by the enemy using a few minutes of abuse and then how the impact lasts long after those moments. Dads, your daughters need you to stand up and fight for them so that that which is sought to destroy them will not take them down. 
so that that which the enemy has sought to make them believe about them that is destructive and tearing them down will be countered by the truth that you give them because you are a conduit of the love and the truth that Almighty God has for your daughter. I have shared my story with you today so that you can know that many of your daughters like me have sexual trauma that gets in the way of them living healthy and whole lives despite the fact that we wish we were strong and more confident. Let me say it again. This is why you are absolutely necessary in this battle. You are needed as men of action and your daughters need you to join them in this movement. Dads, there are six things that I will be mentioning here and these are your go steps, your action steps. As I read these things that I have listed, ask yourself which of these do you need to kick into gear today? These are ways, Dad, that you can join the movement to support your daughter and start a movement against sexual assault. Number one, it's time to hear the stories of your daughters when it comes to knowing how they are being treated by men. Two, it's time to ask questions in a non-judgmental way about what guys are doing to them and asking or demanding of them while giving your input about their value and worth. Three, it's time to open up lines of communication about this topic, even if you're uncomfortable going there with your daughters. Four, the time is now to stop cowering in fear, afraid that you may say it wrong, and instead step up and talk to your daughters about their sexual choices or experiences, assuring them that they deserve to be respected and that you are in their corner no matter what. Five, the time is now, Dad, to tell her, Dad has no problem stepping in to protect you, and all you have to do is say the word and I'll be there. I actually know of a dad who just did this a month ago with his adult daughter. So this really is possible and powerful. And number six, this is the last way I will mention that you can, as a father of a daughter, start a movement against sexual assault. The time is now to stop doing anything in your own personal life that objectifies women and contributes to this larger societal problem. From discontinuing pornography use to examining your own treatment of women, to refusing to engage in emotional affairs or any sexual activity that dishonors your marital vows or your relationship commitments. Dads, I know that is heavy, but I'm imploring you today to stand up, to stand out and let your voices be heard with your daughters. I'm going to close with quoting the words of my friend Armina Saadi. This is what he wrote in response to what I posted on Facebook last month. As a dad to two daughters, he's a fierce protector of women. And with his permission, I share his words with you. Because I truly believe that if more men stood in agreement with Armin, then sexual assault against women as we know it would end. Because the honoring of women would be championed by great men like him and like you. He said, I wholeheartedly believe that this sorry excuse of an era is coming to an end. A new dawn is on the horizon where survivors will not have to be silent for the fear of shame, rejection, judgment, condemnation, and more. People will finally stop turning a blind eye or ear just because it's uncomfortable. The actions of brave women like yourself, the many women of Hollywood, and many more are finally seeing the fruit of bold courage after thousands of years of the same thing. I applaud you and all the women like you. 
It's sad that it has to be trendy for people to get behind those who have been persecuted for this movement to take place. But regardless, it has begun, and there is nothing that will stop it at this point, as long as people don't stay silent. Thank you, Michelle, for being the bold, courageous, loving, and inspiring leader that you are. Absolutely honored to know you and call you my friend. Boldly forward. Oh, his words brought tears to my eyes, and I'm so honored that I could share what he said with all of you because he is a man's voice leading the way in calling men to attention. Dads, to you I say, the time is now for every daughter to have her father standing alongside her, united in solidarity, as together they powerfully use their voices to tell men everywhere that sexual harassment, exploitation, assault, and violence against women can no longer be tolerated. The time is now for every daughter to speak out and tell her story without fear, confidently knowing that her dad will be her first hero to believe her. He will be the first in line to support her through her healing process. You heard me earlier quote the Michigan Assistant Attorney General when she said, We have seen how one voice can start a movement. Dads, I seek today to be one voice that speaks to you and says, we need you dads in our corner. Dads, it's time for each of you, one by one, to use your voices to start a movement where fathers everywhere step up and stand up against sexual violence and sexual assault on behalf of your daughters. Dad, let today be the day that you start a movement. Dads, it's time to start a movement against sexual assault on behalf of your daughters as you put your heart of love into action for her. Go dads.